in their lives. God, I know that there's story after story of people in this room of how you've worked in their lives, God, and I pray that you continue to do that and we can continue to give you glory and honor for all that you've done. In Jesus' name. this morning to continue through the book of Colossians. Colossians will be landing in Colossians chapter 3 this morning, verses 18 through 21. Uh, but to start that uh, passage off, I'd like to go to the very first book in the Bible. So if you'd like to turn there, Genesis chapter 2 this morning. Genesis chapter 2. This morning as we are challenged from God's Word, we, we're, we, we get a message from God's Word that speaks specifically to the family. And the great thing about God's Word is it, it gives us great insight. It's like a road map. It's like a, 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 a playbook on how to do life. And specifically, it, he talks to, to moms and dads and, 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 and children this morning. So that really covers a good many of us that are here. I, uh, probably everybody, right? I, don't make me think through that because I'll mess it up. But we all are, are part of a family. And uh, this morning, as we look at that first family in Genesis 2, it says, The Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable to him. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable to him. So the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place, and then the rib which the Lord had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then the marriage. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the Bible says they become one flesh, and then they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So we see before sin entered the human race that God created the family. And, and God saw the importance of this institution. So we read that, we read how the family is laid out for us between a man and a woman, and fast forward to the New Testament to where Paul challenges us with some tools to help the man and the woman, and of course, for children and parents as well. So as, as we look at this in Colossians 3, we see some great insight for us to, to help us lead out in our specific roles or our specific position on the team that we're on. So, wives, well, let's read this together. I know we did this last week, and I think it's kind of cool to read together. Next week, Brian can do whatever he wants, but today we're going <laughs> to read this together, okay? Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. Children, Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Healthy homes. God wants for our homes to be healthy. And for them to be healthy, it involves healthy relationship. 
healthy relationship. And you know, uh, last week we were challenged, and I think it's neat the way God puts all these things close by as he challenges fathers and, and, and husbands and, and wives today and children, because he, he gives us some parts to all that for it to take place in verse 12. Remember last week we, we talked about clothing, where to put on, and where to, where to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and how that'll help healthy relationships in the home. And, you know, the home needs help. You know, and, and I like to say at the outset, every home is dysfunctional. Some of us think, well, our family's, oh, no, every family's messed up. I got a clue for you. And some of them are more messed up than others, of course. But I encourage you to, 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 to yield to some of these truths that we cha are challenged with this morning because as goes the home, we've heard, so goes society and so goes the nation. In fact, philosopher Confucius said this, the strength of a nation is derived from the integrity of its homes. Think about that. He saw how homes to be places where there's integrity, where there's hope, it, it takes for families to help the home. And we have an opportunity to, to model healthy families in spite of the pushback, in spite of the, the challenge that it is, because it's hard to be family. You know, it, it's interesting how uh, things change as you get older. Um, I remember working with a pastor in my early days in ministry, and we, we were challenged as a church to, okay, how do we help people stay married? And that was our, our big hope, you know, okay. And, and you know, he, 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 we never even saw some of this other stuff about what the family's supposed to be on the radar, and uh, it, it's interesting, though, the Holy Spirit, though, and I, I, this is encouragement, the Holy Spirit gives us hope in a way that we can still uh, uh, challenge our families to be helpful and hopeful and to, to function well. So in our introduction, it says, God is different and unique roles for the husband and wife as well as parents and children. And what it comes down to is, here it is, playing the position God has designed specifically for you. Good teams, people play a certain position. And, and, and when they get out of the position they're called to, there's frustration, there's confusion, there's defeat typically. So understand that your team has different roles to play, and you have that role on your team. So our team is Marburger. Your team is Merritt's. Uh, your team, and just go on out there. You have whatever your last name is. That's your team, you see. No, you're on that team. And, and I'll tell you, you can't wish you're on my, you won't want to be on my team. Because I, uh, but, but the team you're on is where God's placed you. So let your place be uh, where God wants it to be. So as, as we look at this, he, he, he gives us these words and he challenges, first of all, husbands and wives in verses 18 and 19. And, and what he says, wife, is this, submit to your husband. And I remember when I was given this passage several months ago, I said, Brian, you're going to give me submission to wives? And he said, you got it, buddy. So <laughs> here it is. So it's in the Bible, submission. It's a principle that God wants us to learn, wants wives to learn in a, in a place where he wants you to play. And do it, whatever it is, in the name of the Lord, verse 17 says, and be thankful. 
as you do it. And I, I will say this, too. I, I think it's important when we think of this idea of team. Um, my wife will often say to me, you know, don't forget that we're on the same team. Because sometimes, you know, it is a little bit of a, of a, of a push with us at times. But, but reminding, you know, we're all on the same. If you're married, you, your husband, your wife is your teammate. And, and, and be on that place. Be in, in that position. Of, of where he's called you to. So that biblical wife, wives submit to your husband as is fitting to the Lord. He, he talks about this idea of submission. Now, ladies, understand submission is, is not slavery. It's not slavery. It's a term that means to, to rank under. In, in the military, there's different ranks. You know, no one's better than the other. You just happen to have different positions. You know, it's interesting. I married into a family that was a military family. My wife's dad was a colonel in the Air Force. And um, when he was in his uh, early 40s, he had the opportunity to become a general in the Air Force. And this would have required for their family to change a lot in the dynamic of where they moved to. And uh, what they did, and for him and his family, he thought it was better to take the rank, keep the rank of being a colonel rather than, well, some would say, well, a general is higher because he saw that as a better way to, to minister and to serve his family. So, so what was cool about that, he stayed in Columbus, Ohio, where he was teaching ROTC at the Ohio State University. <laughs> So I'm glad they stayed because I was able to, to meet her, my wife, uh, several years uh, after he had made that decision. And uh, I married, married her uh, after several years. It was funny. Several uh, times I'd eat in their home. And I remember the first time I went to their home to eat dinner, her dad took some of the most beautiful steaks off the grill that you'd ever want to see. If, if some of you guys that are grill masters, you can be proud of your, your steaks, I know. But, but he take and, and you know, we, we only had tube steak where I grew up. <laughs> we, we never had steak. So, so we're sitting there and we're eating that steak and I, and I said, where's the ketchup? <laughs> so he looked at me and you know, again, this was a lot more formal than my family was. We just ate when we ate. We never sat around the table. But, but, but uh, he said, Wilhelmina, that was his wife, Get Gary some ketchup. So she went and got me some ketchup, and she put it in this little glass bowl, so I just dipped it in that bowl, and, and then I married her. And it worked out okay. But, but <laughs> that has nothing to do with submission. Well, it was kind of cool because he said, Wilhelmina, will you get him some ketchup? And she was very honoring. She got up and got in the refrigerator and pulled the ketchup. And, uh, it, um, it, <laughs> hey, Jonathan Glisson eats his steak with ketchup too. So <laughs> say what you want. But, but as, we, as we think of this, this idea of ranking, and this goes in your notes, we each have a different rank according to God's word. We have a different rank. And, and, and a cross-reference to a lot of this, Ephesians talks about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're all called to submit, let's remember. And, and we're to, to do this, we're to, to live out Jesus as we submit to one another, one another out of reverence for Jesus. We, we do it because we, re, we reverence him. We, we, we play that position. And, and ladies, it, again, it, it, it's what God's called you to. And look at it. You're, you're safe under that umbrella. 
You have that opportunity. And so pray for your man because he needs it. And he needs to understand his role as well as he leads you in the home and, and realize that, that, that it's, a, it's a good position to be in, to play. So there's a couple of thoughts for, 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 for the wife that I'd just like us to be challenged with, and then there'll be some thoughts for the, for the husband as well. But, but first of all, wife, think of yourself this way. Again, back to the sports idea. You are your husband's fan, like in sports. You're his fan. You get to cheer him along. And, and you know, someone told me once, you know, the old boy needs you. <laughs> Women, he, 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 he can't get by without you. You know, I'm still eating hot dogs, and I can microwave them, but that's about all I can do, all right? And, and she feeds me well, obviously. But, but, but the, the whole idea is you cheer him on. You, you, you're his biggest fan. Uh, Ephesians 5.33 says, each one of you also must love his wife, men, as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Respect, encouragement, these ideas, they go together as you cheer him along. And, and I'll say, there's nothing like approval from your spouse. And, and, and wives, approve of your spouse. And, and, and do it in an honoring way to where he feels helped, not hurt. And, and it's a very important thing to think about as we, as we go through this. Wives, as you cheer him along, as you respect him, as, as you honor him, you, you, you do things God's way, the best way you know how as you follow his word. So you're his fan, and, and then this is important too, you're a faithful friend to him. You're, you're a faithful friend to him. You know, uh, some couples, you know, I've been around couples most of my life. My parents were a couple, and, and, and then uh, just different couples, you know. <laughs> but some couples, they, they just, like, exist. They don't even enjoy each other. If you see them out to dinner, you know, uh, they're on their phones, and they're not even talking to each other. My wife and I sometimes, well, what do you think of those people over there? Go, well, they're just dating because they're really enjoying each other. They're talking a lot. He's not on his phone, <laughs> you know. But, 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 but you know, that friend idea, you know, in Genesis 2, Adam goes through, he's naming all these animals, and it's like, hmm, got a male dog and female dog. Man, it don't connect that way. Some people like their dogs, though. And then you got the giraffe, male giraffe, female giraffe, and, and no one's like them. And uh, he's, he's incomplete. So, so what happens was, God, we read the story, God takes from his side a rib, and uh, that's a good-looking rib, by the way, wasn't it? Because he, 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 he wakes him up, and this woman shows up. And it's like, son, where have you been all my life? And she's like, what a babe. And, you know, it was before sin, so she was like perfect, like the perfect woman, you know, right? <laughs> and he was perfect, too. So, 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 they, so, they, so they get married, and, and they, they, they uh, have a union together. Again, that's for married people. So they, they get married. But that, that faithful companionship that took place, and, and, and they, 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 to share ideas and beliefs together, you know, raising three kids that are now adult children, they, they're, uh, we did it together. And uh, we, we, for the most part, stayed on the same page, and it was, it was good for us. We were on mission together, and now we're on mission with our grandkids. And, and what a great opportunity to have a, a wife that's my, my she, she really is, she's my best friend. I, 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 she rode to church with me today. 
Yeah, she did. You know, we, I, I've been getting here a little later the last couple of weeks, so I said, honey, why don't you just ride with me? And she sometimes it's a little slower getting ready than I am. And, uh, but I, so I waited for her, and, and, uh, and uh, we, we got here on time, and, and, and it's just she, she was willing to say, I'll go with you, and plus it saved gas. So, uh, again, that, that, that faithful friend that's there, and then follow his lead. Is, is, is important. And this, again, can be a different part, but it all comes under that umbrella as you uh, are, are, are submitting to, to the Lord. Follow his lead. But, but men, follow Jesus. Because as you follow Jesus, I think it's much easier for her to follow you. And, and play your position, men, as well. Um, and, and I'll tell you, following his lead doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that your opinions or ideas are not accepted. Because I, I'll tell you, my wife comes up with great ideas most of the time. And I've learned when I listen to her, I, I benefit. It, 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 it's a good thing for me to, to listen to her because she, she just, when she's close to the Lord, it, it, it just helps to have that. So, so follow his I'll never forget the first sermon I ever preached was in 1989. I was candidate in this church in Northeast Ohio, and for you to become part of that staff, you needed to preach a practice message. So I'd never preached a message before in my life, and uh, I got up. It was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. So, uh, well, Proverbs 31, that's a good one. You might as well pick Proverbs 31. There's a bunch of stuff in there. And uh, I had like five points. I mean, and they were solid, good, solid points. And I probably had like 40 minutes of material. I was done in 12 and a half minutes. <laughs> no lie. No lie. So they hired me, of course. Everybody likes when you go short. So, uh, so, I, so I preached this message. And, uh, 12 and, and, I, and I remember I come down from stage. It was, it was, so it was my left. And I come down, and we're sitting there in that church. And she's standing beside me. And she kind of reached over and hold my hand. And I was like, I can preach, buddy. You know, she must think I'm pretty. So, again, she was there. She's just been there. And it's good to, to have that, 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 that idea of, uh, uh, of someone who, who, who was there uh, through, through it all with you. And have that. So, so, ladies, great opportunity as you think of these, these uh, ideas for you that are not really my ideas. They're biblical truths that God gives you to be a fan, to be a faithful friend, to, to follow his lead. Now, the husband's mentioned in verse 19, love your wives. Don't be harsh with them. So wives respect, husbands love, love that is selfless, love that puts her ahead of you. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, Ephesians 5.25 tells us, and he gave his life for her. So that's a lot of love. It, it, it takes love to, to, to be a biblical man that God calls you to and, and, and to stay faithful to your calling. And, and a, a responsibility is, is to lead, men. And uh, we need to lead. We're called to lead. It, it, sometimes it's easy to just kind of sit back and just, you know, come on, man. Lead the charge. Lead out. Be strong leaders. I, I'm talking to myself here. So love your wife. Don't be harsh with them. Strong, huh? Don't be harsh. That idea of, uh, of, of harshness and speaking down to her and, 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 and telling her what she, she needs to do and be. It, it's, a, it's an attitude of, of selflessness. In fact, uh, that idea of harshness kind of can lead to bitterness. 
can lead to discouragement. And I, and I love this cross-reference. I feel like it's important for us to hear this verse this morning because it, it, it fits for us. In Hebrews 12, it says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And then it says, See that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And, and, and think about that. So men, women, all of us here today, that, that root that can get in there sometimes, it, it, we miss out. And, and then that root also festers to where I affect my family by how I let bitterness take place. I, I, I affect my relationship with Bryson when I don't let the Holy Spirit lead my life. And, and, and you affect the relationship with your children. So, so pay attention to this idea of, of don't let that root get in there. So, men, we have some position in this as well as it goes further to learn well. You learn well. And uh, these all begin with L, by the way. And, and I like how the uh, old King James talks about this idea of learning your spouse. It says, husbands, the, the early part of the chapter talks to wives, but it says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. And boy, that idea of, of, of dwelling with her, uh, uh, of learning her, you know, uh, in, in December, I will have been married 39 years, and I just keep learning more things about her. And, and it's a good thing. And it's, you know, <laughs> I've learned you don't talk to her a lot in the morning. <laughs> now, I wake up, I just like to talk, 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 <laughs> believe it or not. And she, on the other hand, she kind of wakes up a little slower. And God's just wound her that way. So I've learned, and I just kind of try to scatter in the morning and Go talk to someone else. And uh, usually they don't want to talk either. But here's the thing. L I've learned that. I've, I've learned to, and, and, and you know, I, I'll tell you what you, I've really learned too, that it's, and this has really benefited our relationship and our marriage. My wife has always wanted me to pray with her. And uh, for some reason, that's just been a, a was a challenge. But, but uh, probably about four years ago, five years ago now, I started thinking, well, I'll just call her on my way to, to work. She'll be up by then, and, you know, I, she has her space. And so, I, so, I, so I'll just call her, and I say, honey, how about if we have our prayer time? And without, without what? Without question, she, she'll say, I, I would love that. So for the last four or some, and I'll tell you what's great about praying with your wife. It keeps you married, and it keeps you in right relationship with her, too, because I don't know about you, but I can't be in prayer and be in, out of fellowship with her. It just doesn't work. But, but I've learned that, and that's I, I, the, the, the praying with her, and it's kind of cool because I benefit from it. And uh, she loves it, and it brings great joy, and it draws us close to one another. So, men, be bold. And if you said something to your wife this afternoon, honey, would you like me to pray with you? Yeah, I'd love that. So pray with her. But don't be praying with other people's wives now, man, okay, <laughs> because that can get you in trouble. And wives, you don't pray with other people's husbands. So... Just throwing that out there, too. So we, we, we learn well. You, you love well as, as well. You love well. And, and, and loving well is a, a love that listens. It, it, it's a love that pays attention. 
it, 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 it's, a, it's a love that is biblical love. That's, that's a love that gives. Like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. So, so you love well and uh, stay committed to love as you learn her, as you love her, and, and you lead her. You lead her. And uh, you lead her by serving her, by washing her feet. And uh, this was a practice in the early days where people just had dirty feet. And uh, that's what you did when you went to someone's home. There was a servant in the home, and that servant would put your feet up here. Let me wash them. And they just wash. That would feel good, wouldn't it? Come on. <laughs> you know, but but in, that, in that day, it was necessary. But now we have more or less cleaner feet because most of us anyway, unless you wear your socks too often, which sometimes I do that. But here's the thing. When you, when you wash feet, you serve her. You're there for her in her greatest time of need. So, men, I'm giving us a quick challenge. Ask your wife soon, honey, how can I wash your feet? Now, your wife might say, come on, baby, get them up. You know, and that might be an act of kindness, too. I'm, you know, but, 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 you know, ask her and ask for and, and then when she says, you know, you, you could serve me well if you could just help with the laundry. If you could just put your laundry away, you know. But, and again, as you ask for that request, I mean, it might be she might bam, 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 bam. But if that's the, if that's the need, you fill that need by, by loving her well, by, by leading her well, and by, by serving her. God's ways to lead well draw us closer to him and bless our marriages. So that's the first group, husbands and wives. And then he jumps to children and fathers in verses 20 and 21. And, and he says to children, now, now the children I believe we're, we're focusing on are those children, and that applies to a lot of you that are in here, uh, that are still under the umbrella of your parents' uh, role, okay? If you're married, you're in a different season, okay? There still should be honor. There still should be respect, but you're in a different season. But, so that's that child that, that still uh, is uh, under, the, under the, the role of their parents. So the, the, the challenge for children, of course, is obey. It's right there in the passage. A wise son, Proverbs 13 says, heeds his father's instruction. That's wisdom, children. And it's not easy being a student, being a child. I don't know that because it's just a, a different time, what, what you, you face, the pressures you face. In fact, uh, you've probably never heard of a guy by the name of John Starkey. John Starkey was a, 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 a British criminal from way back. And he was a fellow who killed his wife. And he was convicted of the crime and later executed and a fellow by the name of William Booth, who maybe you've heard, he was the founder of the Salvation Army. William Booth was asked to do the, the service for Starkey. And it was interesting, there was a lot of pushback for him. Why would you do that? He doesn't deserve it. You know, why would you put your name, so to speak, on him? And, and, and as he faced this ugly crowd of people, he used these words that, that made them think. John Starkey never had a praying mother. And boy, you moms, you want to raise healthy children? Be a praying mom. 
Dads, be a praying dad. But, but I thought that was interesting because, you know, it's, it's so vital to have praying parents in the lives of, of children. You know, children are in great need. In fact, Kristen, who we just honored, she's going to be part of a children's ministry, guardian of litem. And, and John, James 1.27 helps us be reminded of this religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself spotted from being polluted by the world. Take care of those in need. So that's a challenge for those who maybe uh, our kids are older to, to push in, to be involved in ministries like One More, One Less Project, in ministries like Guardian and Litem. And, and, and it, it's, a, it's a helpful way. And, and, and boy, students, we have a, you have a great responsibility and, and learning to obey. I'll never forget, we, we, we used to say to our kids, if you don't learn to obey us, you're not going to want to obey Jesus. And I remember my daughter one time, she was spanking her baby doll. He said, if you don't learn to obey me, you're not going to obey Jesus. <laughs> so she heard that. Uh, but, but, but it's so important that, that you learn to obey as you grow because you want your kids to, to respect and obey authority. And uh, when you learn to obey authority, uh, there, there, there's a submission principle that takes place in your life, and it, and it helps the home. It does. But we're all to obey authority. So men, you lead out. Women, you lead out as you obey authority. So fathers, you encourage. And, and we see that in, in verse 21, as you don't embitter your child so they don't become discouraged, but you have the opportunity to disciple your kids. Um, a wise person seeks advice and, and listens to him. I, I know our oldest, we had some, some, some pretty serious challenges with him when he was a teenager. He, he, he never wanted to be a pastor's kid. And it's kind of funny because now he's a pastor. But uh, he, he, he really struggled with some of that. And I remember when, uh, when, I, when I moved into that role of, of, of pastoring a, a, a church, he he really pushed back on us, and he let us know that this wasn't for him, and this was dad's position. So, so he, he started smoking those left-handed cigarettes. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about. You've probably done that. Uh, but, uh, so, so it was a challenge for us, and we didn't know what to do, but you know what we did? And, and I say this because it was a helpful way. We had a small group of people in our life, and that small group of people we let into our lives with, with, with our challenges in our home, and they prayed for us. And they stepped in there with us. And they, they encouraged us along. And the coolest thing about that was it was probably about eight months later that uh, he, the, some of those habits that he was choosing were going away. And then one of the coolest things God put in his heart, he goes, you know, Dad, I'd like to go work at that Christian camp uh, that you worked at. And you met Mom. I'd like to go there and serve for a summer. And boy, that was a, the, the, the greatest opportunity in his life at that time for him to just learn how to serve people, to, to be around Christian influences. And, and that was a, a, a spiritual marker in his life where, where he encouraged us. But, but, I, but I, I, I throw that out there to us because community is important. And to have people in your life who, who are there to listen with you and to, to do life with and and, and they don't have it all figured out either, but you do it together. And to have people in your life together 
is a helpful thing. You need each other. You, you need each other in, in marriages. You know, there's people we still go to with marriage issues that we have at times to just kind of, you know, what do you think about this? What do you do when this happens? Or, and, you know, having people speak out to you is, is a good thing. And, and to have people help you as you raise your kids is a good thing. So all that to say, we're going to be challenging you here in the next couple of weeks with uh, connect groups again and opportunities and a, and a group study that we're going to be doing as a church to just help us uh, just grow together and do life together and, and to just encourage one another. So that's a, a good place for us to be reminded that, hey, uh, connection matters, and, it, and we need that as we uh, are involved in the life of our kids. Now, now, I will tell us, dads, and I say this because these are things I struggled with doing, uh, listen. Listen. It's a good thing. Learn to listen. Be discerning as parents. Um, and, and I'll tell you, if you have more than one child, they're all different. You raise them different. You, you, you discipline them different. And that's not a, uh, a bad thing. It's just the way God's wound them too. It's, there, there's importance of discernment. And, and then a, a good thing to remind you of is embrace your kids. And by that, I mean physically touch them in a healthy way, even as they get older. You know, it's cool. My, my son that lives in Shelby, he'll still, when he sees us, if he hasn't seen us for a couple of days, he'll come up and give us a big hug. And uh, it's kind of cool because, you know, we hug. And my wife, really, she's from a hugging family. As you know, I'm not a big hugger, but I'll hug my kids. But the cool thing is it, it, it's a good reminder that it keeps you connected, keeps you growing together. And then speak life to your child. And uh, it, 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 those attaboys go a long way. Those encouragements, you know, uh, go a long way as parents. And, again, you're, you're helping your kids grow as you raise them. And then pray with them. Boy, that's a, a, a big important. That should be at the top of the list where you can just uh, uh, pray and get to know your kids. So you put on love. You don't embitter them as they grow. Now, connection, we've talked about that a little bit, but I also remind you, and I probably should have said this when I was on that point, but, but having other people in your kids' lives is a good thing, too. Uh, I know when we moved here in 2003, God let us come to this church, and uh, the church uh, had a, a student pastor at the time named Neil Perry, and, and, and he uh, took our kids right in. And what was cool about that was it wasn't something, well, man, I'm supposed to be doing that. I'm the dad. You know, having partners, having coaches, having people in your kids' lives to help, help mentor them and to help grow them, you know, it, it's a good thing to have that. And, and, and people were, who are going to just uh, do life with you. I, I know I had a friend. I still have a friend. Well, he's kind of my friend. because, of, uh, But, but he, he said to me, because both my sons got married, this is a quick story, uh, the same year. To the same month, and uh, it was in May of, I think they've been married like 13 years, so I went to a friend who goes to church here, and I said, man, this is kind of struggling, I'm, you know, they're both getting married, you know, I know they probably just went out of the house, so they're kind of getting married, and, you know, I was happy with the girls they chose, everything like that, so they get married, but before they get married, I, I said, what? He, he said, well, this is what's going to happen, you're going to now become their advisor, not their authority. And that was really helpful for me because I'm one of those ones that I just like to tell people what they're doing wrong. 
And tell them, oh, they need my help. The Holy Spirit needs my help, you know. So, so he says, and then he said this, and this is what made me mad. He goes, let them ask. In other words, <laughs> let them come to you. And it's like, son, you ain't my friend anymore. But, 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 but it's good to have people like that that are just there to cheer you along. So whatever you do, Colossians 3.17, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. Invest well. So building a healthy home. These are some uh, nugs that just kind of fit in your notes here. A healthy home. May it be a place of encouragement. We've already touched on this. And uh, along with that encouragement, make it a place where there's thankfulness too. Learn to count blessings in your home. May it be a place of, an, of, 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 of refuge as well. A, play, a haven where, where that safe place is. You know, where sometimes there's different ideas that come up around the table that are not necessarily like yours, but let it be a place where, where thoughts can be shared, a place where the peace of God can roll in your heart and your homes, a place where burdens can be shared, a place that has listening ears and helping hands, a place you want to be. It, it, it's kind of cool, you know, we have adult kids, and our one son lives in Hawaii, and he likes to come home still. And he, when he comes home, he usually stays a couple, three weeks. And we, that's good with us most of the time. But, you know, I, it's, I say that because it's cool that he still likes to be around his parents, a place we want to be, and then a place for a child to want to trust Christ. That's because your home is showing Jesus. Live it out. Be in genuine relationship with him. It makes me think of an example of, Several years ago, we went through a study called Not a Fan here at church. It was a book written by Kyle Eidelman. And uh, he, he said this in the book that I thought was interesting. Now, understand, it's the Holy Spirit that has to move in a person's life. You know, our kids are all independent. I, my kids can't have my faith. I, yeah, I can show them my faith, but, but they have to decide on their own. So understand that. But, but Kyle tells the story of these Christian parents that would come to him and they talk about how their children had gone astray once they go to college. And uh, often these church-going folks would come to him and they'd, they'd, they'd say, well, this is what went wrong. This is what happened. This is what we are going through. And he'd pray with them and just give them hope. He'd try. But he talks about how he is speaking a couple years later in Houston, Texas. And there's a good-sized man in Texas with a good-sized belt buckle and a good-sized hat. And he comes to him and he said, with tears in his eyes, he, he began and he said, you know, Kyle, we have a prodigal daughter. She went off to college and she totally turned her back on the faith. And, and as soon as he started a story, Kyle thought, well, I know where this is going. And in fact, even all the details seem predictable. But when he finished telling the story, he wasn't looking for an explanation. Instead, with one sentence, he put his finger on what he thought happened. And, and here's what he said. He said, we raised our daughter in church, but we didn't raise her in Christ. And, you know, again, the daughters are going to make their own decisions. Sons are going to make their own decisions. But when we show them Christ, when we live out Jesus, when we model for them marriage the proper way, when we model for them proper discipline, you know, we have a greater opportunity to see our children walking in Christ, in truth. And, boy, that brings joy, doesn't it? So Colossians 
That's what it's been, all right? In Christ, the supremacy of Christ, have that. Have Christ in your home. Application, effective family life doesn't just happen. Godly families are the result of following God's way in a deliberate, intentional manner with determination and practice. Each member playing their own position. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that in spite of us, you are the model of a perfect father. And Lord, as we look to you to lead us in our positions, may we lead well. May we lead in ways, Lord, that your word teaches. Not popular ways even, but the right way. Because, Lord, doing things your way brings blessing. And I pray that each of us that are here today have a proper relationship in Jesus Christ. Sure, we know about him, but is he in our lives? So that's our hope for everyone that's here today. And, Lord, as we do life as moms, as dads, as grandparents, as children, as students, may we be biblical models that are living out your instruction. In your holy name we pray. Amen.